Tonight I'm going to continue on um, talking on the unmerited favor of God. But you know what? I just want to continue on with the same thought that we were looking at um, the last time that we were here. I was talking about what is the gospel the last time we were here. And, and really what I was bringing out with the gospel was to show that the gospel is the grace of God. It is not finger pointing. It's not ju a judgmental dangled over to hell message even though we need Jesus and we need to be forgiven of our sins but you know what the gospel is not about is not about burning people do you know what I mean and singeing people and scurring people into receiving Jesus I tell you the gospel is a message of love and it's the greatest love story that there has ever been for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And you know what? People need to know the good news of the gospel. And, and you know what? There should be a sound of good news with the gospel. And that's what we were looking at really the last, the last few weeks. And, and the reason in saying why the gospel is so important and getting the right message is so important is because the gospel is the power of God unto our salvation. Amen. There's power in the gospel. And I don't want my Christian walk to have no power to it. Uh, there's power in this message. There's power in the grace of God. That's why the gospel, as it says over in Galatians chapter 1 and also in Acts chapter 20, it says that the gospel is the grace of God. Okay, so that is the gospel. It is the gospel of the unmerited favor of God. And so when we talk about the gospel, we're talking about everything that Jesus has done for us freely. It's not because we deserve anything. It's freely given to us by His grace. His grace is unmerited favor. But you know what? That gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And, and we were looking at that word for salvation. Um, that it's not just forgiveness of sins. But thank God for the forgiveness of sins. It absolutely includes it. That's the door in to get your sins forgiven. But you know what? It's more than that. That word salvation is a package deal. And it means deliverance. It means preservation. It, it means healing. It means wholeness, being made whole. And I want you to know that the gospel is the only thing that can change your life and has the, the power to bring change in our life. So we need to have the right message. So what is the gospel? That's what we've been asking the question in the last couple of weeks, that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. Now, last week, what I, what I was emphasizing more was that, you know, um, God is back in this message and this is the message that he gets behind and we also said that this is the message that Paul the Apostle recommended to everybody um, that, that was in his sphere of influence. He recommended them to continue in the grace of God. He recommended the, the, the church in Ephesus um, when, he, when he met with the leaders there in Acts chapter 20. He recommended them to the grace of God and that they would minister the grace of God. Do you know why? Because the gospel, the grace of God is the power of God unto salvation. It's the only thing that can bring change in our lives. Amen? Now, one, part of what I looked at last week, and this is where I want to take up tonight from is, part of what I looked at um, um, last week was that the Holy Spirit is back in this message. We looked over in the book of Acts and we seen um, when Paul and Barnabas left Antioch. Do you remember that, that portion of scripture there where they, they prayed and, and fasted and the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And what was the work that they were called onto? Well, we looked at it last week. They were recommended to go and preach well, the grace of God. 
the unmerited favor of God, that God will move in your life not because of how good you are. God will save you not because of how good you are. God will heal you not because of how good you are. God will minister and set you free not because of how good you are, but because of how good he is. That's the grace of God. God's not given grace to the deserving. Grace flows to the undeserving. Amen? That's why it's called undeserved favor. It's not for the deserved. It's for the undeserved. So to qualify for grace, you have to recognize that you don't deserve it. That's good news. You can come to God knowing you don't deserve His grace and you'll receive it. Amen? That's, that's powerful. That's completely different than what religion teaches. Religion leaves you with the, with the impression that you're not good enough. You always have to do something to earn from God. But the grace of God is for the undeserving. That's where it flows to people who know they don't deserve it. That's powerful. They say, I'm disqualified. No, no. You qualify for grace. And every one of us qualify for grace. And because it's for the undeserving, you just have to believe, well, God will do that for me. Just look at the ministry of Jesus. The people who came to Jesus and received nothing from him were the self-righteous. The ones who thought they were better than others. The ones who thought they had it all together. The ones who thought they were holier than others didn't receive from Jesus. Do you know why? Because grace doesn't flow to people who think they earn it. Grace doesn't flow to people who think they deserve it. Everybody Jesus ministered to was, and, and, and they had a fact, Jesus being effective in their lives. Every person like that was a person who knew in themselves that they did not deserve it, but they knew he was that good. And all they heard was, if you get to Jesus, you'll get your answers. They weren't looking at themselves to see how good they were. They were looking to Jesus to see how good he was and grace flowed in their life. Healing flowed in their life. Deliverance flowed in their life. People were set free. You look at the people Jesus ministered to, lepers. Leprosy is a type of sin and yet Jesus touched the sinner. Jesus let the, the sinner touch him as well. The lepers touch him. Lepers receive from Jesus. Amen. People who didn't deserve to be out in public but Jesus healed them, ministered to them. Amen. You look at the woman with the issue of blood. She didn't deserve to be in the crowd. But grace flowed to her. Why? Because she put faith in how good Jesus was. And grace flowed. You, you look at anybody Jesus ministered to. None of them deserved. Amen. None of them. The people who were, the people who were like... Um, it was like as if they were wrapped up in insulation tape. Do you know if you put insulation tape around electricity, the electricity doesn't float? flow to you and the, the religious were like wrapped in insulation tape where the power of God didn't flow to them because they came thinking that they would deserve amen or thinking that they were better than others and the power of God didn't flow to them in actual fact the Bible says that Jesus was in a house and, and the power of God was present to heal and all of the, the doctors of the law and the Pharisees and the scribes and all of the religious were all there and none of them got healed yet the power of God was present to heal them but you know why they didn't receive because they were religious and self-righteous and grace doesn't flow to the self-righteous Grace flows to people who know they need Jesus.
Amen. That's why grace will always keep you in a place of true humility, not beating yourself down, but a, a humble heart of knowing that I need Jesus. Coming to him knowing, no, it's not about me, it's about him. It's not about how well I perform or how good I am. I humble myself and receive from Jesus. Amen. That's how grace flows. How, did gra does grace flow in salvation to good people or does grace flow in salvation to sinners? Sinners, you had to come and recognize, I don't deserve, I don't deserve this, I'm not good enough. And you received the greatest gift of all, coming ungodly. Grace was for the ungodly. Amen. And yet many times, the impression, that's why I'm saying about we need to know if we've got the right message, because many times the impression that the world have of Christians is that they're a bunch of do-gooders, and that, you know, you have to live up to so, such a good standard. And so many people think, I'm not good enough to come. No, you need to recognize that you don't deserve it. And come undeserving and you'll receive. That's how grace works. And people say, I've blown it. Or it's too late for me. Or, or do you know what? I, you don't know what I've done. It's not about that. It's about his grace. Grace only flows to sinners. You look at Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle, um, in my opinion, apart from Jesus, is the greatest, the greatest guy who flowed in the grace of God. And yet he was called the chief of sinners. And the chief of sinners, the grace of God was attracted to that man, changed that man, and he became a trophy of grace. Grace flows to people who know they don't deserve it. Amen. And say, I don't deserve healing, right? You, no, no. Why don't you turn around and say, I don't deserve it, but Jesus did it anyway, and I received grace. That's a better way to say it. It's a better way to position yourself. No, not I don't I deserve it. Or, see, some people think, you know what, I, uh, if I pray so long, or if I'm holy, or these things. Do you know that trusting in your holiness is actually like putting a deflector shield up to the grace of God, and it's just like it rebounds off you because you're trusting in your holiness. Grace doesn't flow in our holiness. Amen? Trusting in ourselves. That's not how it flows. Now, am I saying go and live unholy? No, that's not, that's, that's not what I'm saying either. Grace will change your life. But what I am saying is if you trust in your goodness, you won't receive. Let me ask you a question. How good do you have to be? <laughs> Amen? None of us are good enough. So, so pray, I tell you, the, the gospel flows to people and the grace of God flows to people who know in themselves I don't deserve it. But you know what that does? It positions you to look to a Savior. It positions you to look to Jesus and you'll keep your eyes on Jesus because you know you don't deserve it. So you know you need him in your life every single day. See, if you think you can do it, you won't look to a Savior. You'll look to yourself. And the greatest thing that grace does, well, not the, one of the greatest things, there's many things that it does, but one of the greatest things that grace does is it'll cause you to look away from yourself and it'll cause you to look to your answer as Jesus and depend on him every single day of your life and receive goodness into your life that you don't deserve. That's the grace of God. Amen. It's a powerful message. Amen. It's powerful. Now, I'm going to talk on this message tonight for a bit. I'm going to speak out of this here for a bit and follow on tonight, but I'm going to talk... Um, a message here um, by my spirit. And I'm going to look over, obviously, to Zechariah here in a minute. But let me just give this example here just before, before I start this evening. But, you know, um, from the mid-90s, right up until 2008, there was a real boom in this country. 
There was a real boom when it came to, to growth in, um, in, uh, in, the business, in the business world, in, um, in build, um, houses and apartments and building going on all across this country, all north, south, east and west. Um, in the south you had the Celtic Tiger. And you know what, that Celtic Tiger, boy, he was going great for a long, long time and then he got shot. And, <laughs> and it, just, it, just, it just was a decline overnight. It was like a nosedive. It was, it was, it was amazing and, and to watch it, yet it was, it was hard watching other people who were, who were really hurt and affected by it. And still to this day, there's a lot of people that have been hurt and affected by the Celtic Tiger. But you know what, I worked um, in the building trade for, for a good while and I worked um, in a, a, a housing development that they were building a thousand houses and it was amazing to, to be there and, and when things were going up it was amazing it was amazing to watch people come and camp out overnight to be there first thing in the morning to get a house and people were buying houses at crazy prices I mean crazy crazy prices for houses and but they would stay and camp out overnight. Do you know why? Because if you got in first, you got that. You got the say the, the, they used to release like a street of houses, a whole street. And if you got the if you got in straight away, say a house would have been going for like three hundred and fifty thousand, which was that was normal for a three three bedroom house and plus. Okay, so say it went for three hundred and fifty thousand pound. Do you know, if you got in in the morning, you'd have got it for three hundred and fifty thousand pound. But you see, as the queue was there and people continued. Um, going through and selling. Do you know what happened? Those house prices went up. And by the end of the day, them houses that were started off at 350000 might have been going at three ninety. So that's why people stayed overnight and camped out to get in first thing in the morning. But you know what? Here, here's the reality of it. You see, whenever the Celtic Tiger died, I think it was 19, uh, or, or 2008, sorry, um, when the Celtic Tiger died, do you, know, do, you know what, do you know what happened as a result? People stopped building. Okay? And you, you can go um, across this land and you will see building sites that haven't been touched in years. You'll see foundations that have been put into, into, uh, 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 for estates, for rows of houses, and never touched. All there was was foundations. You'll see other parts that have been built up, but there's no roof on it. There's no, there's no windows in. And, and many of those houses are starting to come down and fall apart now because they've just been left there idle. And you know what happened? There was, there was a boom. Things were happening, and it stopped suddenly. And you know what the reality of it is? There's foundations there, there that have not moved. Those houses never moved on anymore from the foundations. But you know what? What I'm going to look at tonight, that's the background of the story that, that we're going to look at for a moment here. Um, do you see, um, God had called a man called Zerubbabel to go and build the, the temple. And what happened was, you see, they came out of the Babylonian um, captivity and, the, and the, the, the temple was taken down. It was left ruins because of Nebuchadnezzar. It was destroyed and it was just a pile of rubble. And, um, but God called this man Zerubbabel. It's a bit of a, you could make a, a tongue twister out of that, couldn't you? Rubble and Zerubbabel. But, you know, God called this man to rebuild the temple. But you know what? The, Zerubbabel came and he put the foundation in. And when the foundation was put in, there was opposition that came against them. And you can read the background of this here um, in, in the book of uh, Ezra. You'll read the background of this. Um, but you know what? Another two books that will go along with the book of Ezra and is, is, is Zechariah and um, Haggai. Because God raised up two prophets. 
to prophesy into this situation and to encourage Zerubbabel and to encourage the people to get up and start building again. So what's happened here is they put the foundation in. They had opposition come against them. Everything stopped and it was impossible to see things change. Just like I tell you, during the building collapse there, it looked impossible for lots of people thinking, is this ever going to take off again? And slowly but surely now in the last few years, things are starting to move again. Amen. But you know, in this story here, I tell you, God has a plan to keep moving. And I want you to know that God has a plan. When God starts something in your life, he has a plan for to finish what he started in your life. And it doesn't matter what it looks like, even in your own life, like your dreams are in tatters or things are left in in ruin. I tell you, God can restore what Satan came against to to take from us. God can restore it. The temple was restored. It was was put back into its uh, order again. It was built again, but this was the situation. Now, I've read a few accounts on this, and people um, vary on how long the the foundation lay there without any progress. Um, uh, Some say it was 10 years. Some say it was 12 years. Others say say it was 16. So uh, it was anywhere from 10 to 16 years. It was a long time. And you know yourself, if you've been in the process of something and you have a delay, it can be discouraging. And that time can be, that time frame can be discouraging because you're looking at it and thinking, is it ever going to get done? Is things ever going to change? Well, do you know what? It's good to know that God can speak into your life. Amen. And God can raise people to speak into the ruins. God can raise people to speak into the, or the areas in our life where, where it looks like there's no life, there's no activity. But I'm telling you, a one word from God can change your life forever. Amen. Now this is a backdrop to this. And I'm, I'm going somewhere t- tonight, tonight with this. And uh, I'm going to try and talk out a few things tonight. And, and I'm going to talk on this um, probably again next week. But I, I really want to try and emphasize something over the next couple of weeks on these lines. I mean, I'm planning to get back to looking at an awful few things in a non-merited favor. But you know, I'm just going to go with what God tells me to speak at this present moment in time. Amen. Because I tell you, this is ministering to me. Um, and I really, I think, I'm, I think this is a key that will bring change to our lives. I really do. Amen. Now, let me just look at this here for a second. And Zechariah... Chapter 4. And it says here, this is a famous portion of scripture, but you know, as I said, God raised up Haggai and God raised up Zerubbabel, or not Zerubbabel, Zechariah, to prophesy into this situation. Zerubbabel here, he's, he's the builder, okay? He's the one God's given the task of, of building the temple and seeing it to completion. Amen. But look what it said here. Then he answered and spake unto me saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, Amen, not by power, but what? By my spirit, says the Lord. Amen. What's he he saying here? He's saying, Not by might, not by power, by my spirit, says the Lord. What's he saying? This is not going to come to pass because of your intellect. This is not going to come to pass because of how smart you are. It's not going to come to pass because of how many books you've read. This is going to come to pass by the Spirit of God. And I tell you, as, as, as believers, we need to know that we need the Holy Ghost in our lives. Because I tell you, without the Holy Spirit in our lives, things do not get done. We are limited and we need to know that it's not us. 
Amen? We need to know that it's not our might. We need to know that it's not our ability, but it's what it's by the Spirit of God says the Lord. You know what? When the Holy Spirit is involved in your life, things change. Amen? Things change. How many know the Holy Ghost is the power of God? And I, there's many things that the Holy Spirit does, but I'll tell you, without the Holy Spirit, you do not have any power in your life. That's why Jesus said to the disciples, wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And you know what, many times in, in our Christian world today, um, you know what, we're, we're more interested in many times in, in, in world, worldly, I'm using that term, we'll know what I mean by it, worldly ideas. We're more interested in business models than biblical models to do what God's called us to do. We're more interested in trying to get it done by our ability, our ability to talk, our, all of these kind of things. It's not going to get done. What God wants to do in this earth will not get done by our human ability, I can tell you now. Amen? It won't. We can, we can talk good and we can be slick and we can have a great presentation and no part. And I do not want to live my Christian life with, with, with no power. I, I don't want to be living my Christian life in, with insulation tape around me and no power of God happening in my life. I want the power of God in my life. How about you? Amen. I tell you, there's some things that you can't get, you can't get fixed with your own intellect. You, and, and if you haven't got there, I'm, I'm telling you, you will get there. At some stage in your life, you'll realize you need God in every area of your life. You'll, need, you'll know you need to depend on him. You'll know it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You know, Zerubbabel, right? The, word, the, the meaning for Zerubbabel means that he was born in, as actually his meaning of his name, it means he was born in Babylon. So here's a man who didn't see the temple before it was ruined. Okay? Here was a man who, who, who God put in his heart that he would build the temple. Okay? But, he was, but God's letting him know, you won't build the temple with human ideas. You won't build the temple with anything you learnt in Babylon. Okay? It just won't happen. Do you know how it'll get done? Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Do you know what? It's going to take the Holy Ghost to do whatever God's called us to do. Do you know what? You think of Jesus' ministry. Jesus done absolutely nothing until he was baptized in the Holy Spirit at the Jordan River. Nothing. And I tell you, if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit in his life to get the job done, I tell you, we need the Holy Ghost in our life to get the job done. Amen? Jesus told the disciples, don't do anything. After he rose from the dead, he said, don't do anything. But go to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit to be poured out. Don't do anything. Amen? Do you know, do you know what, if they had to wait for the Holy Spirit... Well, what, what, what causes the modern church to think that we can do the move of God without the Holy Spirit? Amen? So, I, 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 there's many people even today that don't even speak in tongues anymore. There's, and I'm not saying, you know, people have all different things, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of people who are baptized in the Holy Spirit and used to um, draw from the Holy Spirit. And now today, if you mention tongues, they would look at you like you had two heads. But I'm telling you, Paul said, Paul said, I'm going to stick with Paul. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. Amen. More than you all put together. You know what, it's Thanksgiving today, isn't it? 
Paul was a, a bit of a taxon. I speak in tongues more than y'all. But you know, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. But do you know the reality of it is, Jesus, think about it. Paul spoke in tongues more than all of them put together. And I, I, the, the, the Corinthian church he was talking to there was a crazy bunch. And Paul said, I speak in tongues more than every single one of you. Many want Paul's results. I'm going to do what Paul did. Amen. Everybody who wrote in the New Testament, every single one of the writers of the New Testament were all baptized in the Holy Ghost. Every single one. And yet many times we think that we can do a supernatural task with natural means. Which we can't. And I know we don't need to go to a ditch where some people don't even prepare and don't plan and all that. I know there's, there's balance. We live in a natural world and we have to plan and prepare and do all of those things. But you can't rely on human effort to get the job done in God. We need the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want the power of God. Do you know what, do you know what the answer to Zerubbabel is? If you, this, this mountain that is before you, it's not going to be moved by your ability. And this temple is not going to be built by your human effort. It's going to take the Holy Spirit. Many want the Holy Spirit moving in your life. Amen. Now, here's, here's a key. Amen. Let's just look at this here for a moment. It says, Not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Look at this. Who art thou, O great mountain? This is the opposition that is in front of him. Okay? Man, you know what it's like to have opposition in front of you. Huh? Things that come against you. Okay? Look what it says here. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a, a plain. A free run. The obstacle that's against you is not going to be there forever. Amen. It has a due date on it. Amen. Amen. Some of these days it's going to be times up and it's going to be out of there. Amen. It says here, but thou, but thou O mountain, O great mountain. This, this, you know, you look at the great opposition here. That was against them, people against them, people stand. It was never going to come to pass in the natural. This would never have happened without God's intervention. It didn't matter how smart Zerubbabel was. It was going to take the Holy Ghost to bring this to pass. This mountain could not have been removed without the power of God. But thank God we have the power of God. Amen. And look what it says here. And he, he shall bring forth, look at this here, the, the headstone. The headstone is the capstone. The capstone is the finished stone that would be put on the temple it was like it's it's like saying this is finished so when the capstone would go on that would be it complete amen may you know you need to bring out the capstone and set it in front of you see there's a there's a finish to what god has started in your life amen there's a finish and you need to have finish in mind and you need to run with finish in mind and you need to see the finish of what God has in your life. And you know what? Even if you can't see the very finish, do you know what? At least see the blocks up a wee bit. Yeah? At least say, do you know what? I can't see that far down. Do you know what? But you know what? I can see beyond where I'm at. Go and get one of those blocks and put it in front of you. Amen? And say, do you know what? I can, I can see up to this level. Or I can see up to this level. Go on. And you know what? But if you can see the finish, put the finish down there. And do you know what? If you can't see the finish, the Bible tells us, just look unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Just look on to him. Do you know what the capstone was? It was a symbol of finish. 
Amen. Go and get, imagine Zechariah coming in and he saying, you know what guys, I know there's a stalemate here. I know this, uh, there's nothing, no progress. This has been laying idle for years. Nothing is moving forward with so much opposition, but I have a word from God. It's not going to be my might and it's not going to be by power, but it's going to be by my spirit, says the Lord. Amen. And he said, go and get the capstone, bring it and set it out in front of us. Amen. And you know, here's what they were to say. Look at this. And he shall bring forth the capstone thereof with shoutings, crying, while grace, 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 grace. amen. <laughs> grace, grace. Do you know what? That's all they had to shout. Do you know what? They didn't have to think, how are we going to get this figured out? Do you know what they needed? They needed the grace of God. Amen. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is back in grace. Do you see, when you speak forth the grace of God and you position yourself under the grace of God, you're going to have the might of God come behind you to bring to pass what you can't bring to pass in your life. That's the grace of God. Do you see what you can't bring to pass in your life? Why don't you speak the grace of God into it? Amen. Why don't you say this is going to come to pass, not by might, not by power, but it's going to come to pass by my Spirit, says the Lord. And I tell you, when you speak forth the grace of God, the Holy Spirit goes to work. Amen. 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 <laughs> you see, the Holy Spirit is back in grace. And I'm going to try and show, and we're, time's, time's beating us tonight, but I'm going to try and show, to, I'll, I'll keep going tonight to see how much I can get in here for the next few minutes, but I'm going to pick us up again next week. And I'm going to show that the Holy Spirit flows when there's grace. And I'm, I'm going to show you this here in the New Testament. And you, see, that's why the answer here was to speak grace, grace. And the Holy Spirit would get involved. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is back in the grace of God. Amen. The Holy Spirit is backing the grace of God. Do you see what? Let me put it this way. Every move of God was started by the grace of God. It was started by God and it ends with man. Do you know why? Because man gets involved. And once man starts thinking, God's going to move in my life because of how great we are. Now, now we really need to pray and make sure that there's a move of God. Now, I tell you, God will move, praying doesn't bring a move of God. Praying just gets you in tune with what God is doing. But you can't say, I'm going to pray and there's going to be a move of God. No, no, why not say, I'm going to pray and hear God's heart. Prayer will bring you close to the heartbeat of God so that you hear what God's looking done in the earth. But then you need to rely on the grace of God and say, God, it's not going to be because of how good I am. It's not going to be because of how holy I am. It's going to be by your spirit, says the Lord, and I'm going to rely on you. And I'll tell you, that's where God flows. God flows in an atmosphere of grace. Amen? Just think of it. God flows in an atmosphere of grace. That's why, what are they doing? They're saying here, no, don't you try and figure it all out. Don't you go and say, here's what we're going to do and there's going to be a move. We're going to make a move of God happen. No, why don't you just humble yourself and say, God, I can't do it. It is not going to be by might. It is not going to be by power. But it's going to be by my spirit, says the Lord. And humble yourself and say, I need the grace of God. Amen. And I'm going to speak grace into this situation. I'm going to speak the unmerited favor of God into this situation. Amen. Just say, hey, let me tell you, God's grace will make you smart. God's grace will give you the wisdom you need. God's grace will give you the ability you need to do what it is he's called you to do. Amen. Amen. He'll give you the ability. See, if we try and figure it out and say, God will move in my life because of something I have done, 
We're, 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 we're sidestepping the grace of God and saying, God, no, no, it's not by might anymore. It's by a wee bit of your might and some of my might as well. How's it about just throwing our hands up and saying, I can't do it? It's going to take the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. It's going to take the Holy Ghost and I'm going to position myself for the Holy Ghost to move in my life. How do you do that? Bring grace into the situation. And speak grace. They said to speak grace here. And it, the way it's talking here is talking about to, to the capstone and to the mountain. To the capstone, what you're really saying is it's going to take the grace of God for this capstone to go on. And to this mountain, mountain, you're not going to be removed by my might and my ability. You're going to be moved by the grace of God. Amen. Do you know what? When you have situations in your life where you know you can't do it, boy, rejoice. Amen. Rejoice and say, I'm positioned for a move of God. Amen. I'm positioned for God to show up. Because I can't do it. Only He can. And I position myself for grace. Amen. George, you look, you look at um, you look at, 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 at um, you look at um, Samson. It's naming out of my head there for a moment. You look at Samson. Look at Samson. Do you, know, do you know many times people have the image of Samson that Samson was like, you know, a, a bodybuilder. I think Samson was probably more like Mr. Bean. Amen. I don't think it was because of how strong he was and how much might he had that God did the great things in his life. I think it was because he couldn't do it and he needed the Holy Spirit to come upon him. Because, and I know it is because just read, just read, read about Samson's life and you'll realize everything he did was the Spirit of God would come upon him and give him the ability to do what he done. See, it's not, it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. Do you remember, do you remember there was an advert one time for like, something like um, toilet duck or something? It was one of them, and it was a skinny guy that went clean in the bathroom. Do you remember that? I think, I think um, Samson would have been, you know, not, not anything spectacular in himself. I think he would have been skinny, and he didn't have a six-pack. He didn't have any of those things. Do you, know what, do you know what it was? It was uh, the Spirit of God would come upon him and he would do great exploits. Do you know what it is? Not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit. Amen, Amen says the Lord. Um, there's a, um, let me just make sure I get this guy's name right. Basilil, uh, is that how you call the, the guy in, that built the, the artifacts for the temple? Or for the tabernacle. You'll find a story anyway in Exodus 31 and in Exodus 37. I might not be pronouncing his name right. But you know what? There was a guy that God gave him the ability. A slave. An axe slave. Give him the ability to be able to craft things. Because the Spirit of God gave him the ability. I tell you, God can give you the ability. You don't have, Stop trying to think it's you. Just look to God. Ask God. God, what it is that you want me to do? God, what is it you have for me to do in life? And God, I'm going to rely on your grace to give me the ability to get the job done. Do you know what that is? That's saying not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Do you look at the craftsmanship that this man built? He, the Bible lets us know that, you know, all of the stuff that they, that they built, but it lets us know that he built the Ark of the, you know, the Ark of the, uh, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, built the Ark, and on the top of the Ark was a mercy seat, and that mercy seat was beat out of a solid piece of gold. And he, this slave was able to beat this 
solid piece of gold with cherubims and everything in it. Do you know why? Not, not because he was in himself, he was gifted to do these things, but because God gave him, dropped a grace in him and gave him the ability. It wasn't by might and it wasn't by power, it was by the Spirit of God. God gave him the ability to be able to do these things. Do you know what, what? What has God got in your life? Do you know what? If God drops something in your heart, just speak grace into it and say, God, if you said I can do it, well then, God, obviously you're going to give me the ability to get the job done. Amen? If God calls you, he'll also equip you to get the job done. You just have to believe in the grace of God. Just believe him. Amen? You know, some of you might have great ideas and business and different things. So you don't know where you're going to be in the next 10 years. You don't know what God has for you. But I can tell you this. You will not be qualified for it in the natural. You're going to need God. Am I saying don't get an education? No, and that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is this. Don't rely on you. Depend on the grace of God. Do you see, Zerubbabel, to get this building done, do you know what it was going to take? It was going to take the grace of God. To get this job done. Amen. Grace, grace. Many of your areas in your life you need to speak the grace of God into. Amen. Now, let me just finish by just, just quoting this. I didn't get too far in this this evening. I was expecting to get a wee bit further, but I'm not going to move on anymore this evening. But I want to read this out, this last verse, before we close tonight. But look at, look at this here. It says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundations of this house, and his hands shall also uh, finish it. Amen. I mean, you know when God has a, has a plan to finish what he starts in your life? Amen. Do you know if God starts something in your life, I can tell you he also has a plan to finish it. Over in um, f f uh, um, Philippines chapter 1, it lets us know that he who began a good work in you, he'll, complete, he'll, he'll complete it. Amen? He'll complete it. He who began a good work on you, he, he who began a good work on you, he will complete it. Not us. Amen? We're involved in it. We're involved in it. But our part is just to flow. You understand? I was thinking about this last night. God gave me this illustration last night because I was like, oh God, show me. I'm always asking God, just show me something that I can make this easy for myself to understand. Do you know, like, as I said, every move of God started with God. But there would have been someone probably pursuing God or saying, God, use me. Because the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are looking for to and throw throughout the whole earth, looking for someone he can show himself strong on their behalf. Amen. But do you know what it is? It's like a surfer. Do you, know, do you know a surfer, he goes out and he, he rides the wave in. But do you know what? All he does is flow with the wave. He doesn't make the wave. He just, he just rides the wave or serves the wave in. Surfs the wave in. He's not out there splashing his hands. Trying to make it happen. And sometimes that's the way we've been in the body of Christ. Trying to make something happen. And all we're doing is hitting the water and making a few splashes. There's a better way. You know what the better way is? Go and spend time with God and get close to hear His heartbeat. And whatever He's doing, flow with it. Amen? Amen. Just flow with it. He tells you to do something, do it. And, re and lean on Him the whole time and say, God, if you told me to do that, I'm going to go ask the direction I'm going. God puts something in your heart. Just realize, not by might, not by power, it's by my spirit. Praise God. I'm under the grace of God. I'm positioned for God's might. Being under grace positions you for God's might and power in your life. Amen? 
That's basically what I'm saying. I'm going to emphasize this next week. Let me just finish by this here. But it says here, he, he, um, his hands and he shall finish it as well. Amen? He finishes. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He'll finish what he started in your life. Amen? Amen. He's the first. He's the last. He'll finish what he started in your life. Amen? And it says here, for, for who has despised the day of small things? Don't think it's a small thing to rely on the grace of God. Don't think it's a small thing to say grace, grace into your situations. Don't think it's a small thing to say, God, I can't do it. But you know what? I just receive grace. I'm not doing anything to make the wave. I receive the wave. I receive the supply and I'm just going to flow with you. Amen. I'm going to get on my surfboard and I'm going to flow with you. But I'm not trying to make it happen. Do you know what, God? You're going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But I'm going to flow with you. See, there's two extremes. Some people are sitting back saying it's all grace. No, it's grace and faith. Grace supplies. Faith has to reach out and receive and say, that's for me. Amen. So there is our part, but our part is not to make the wave. Do you know one of the best things that we can do is just step out of the road and give God a free run and get on board with him? Amen. And you know what? You're going to be able to say, you know what? Look what God's done. Do you see when this temple was finished and the, the cap went on? Do you know Zerubbabel didn't stand back and say, look at what we've done, lads. Do you know what he did? He went, praise God for God. Because there's no way we could have got rid of that mountain. We couldn't do it. But you know what? All we did was we spoke the grace of God into this situation. And God got involved. What am I saying? The Holy Spirit is back in grace. And if you want to see God's power in your life, Position yourself under the grace of God. Because that's where he's flowing. Amen. The Holy Spirit is flowing when you position yourself under the grace of God.